0: Breast cancer. Those are two words your patients don't want to hear, and news that you don't want to deliver. Unfortunately for one in eight American women, it's a truth they'll have to face in their lifetime. And the risks are clear. Besides being female, the two major risk factors for developing breast cancer are advancing age and family history. In fact, about 80% of women diagnosed with invasive breast cancer are age 50 and older. And while family history of the disease is an important risk factor, up to 80% of women diagnosed with breast cancer don't have one. Unfortunately, many women still have misperceptions about who is at risk. They think, I don't have a family history of breast cancer, so I don't need to worry. My mom had breast cancer, but I'm only 43. The good news is that with early detection, we can try to reduce the risk of breast cancer mortality. Through awareness and education, we hope to improve patients' willingness to be screened for breast cancer. To help in this effort, Lily has created the Strength in Knowing Breast Cancer Awareness Program and website. It's designed to educate women about their individual risks and provide a means for them to share this knowledge with others. At strengthinknowing.com, women can hear from professionals as they discuss the importance of knowing the risks of breast cancer. Find out about events they can attend in their city and help spread the message. The resources may also be helpful to you and your practice. There is strength in knowing about the risks of breast cancer, so spread the word today. Visit strengthinknowing.com and tell your patients to visit too.
1: I didn't realize I was at risk until I visited. I told my sister, my mother, and my aunt. This program is sponsored by Eli Lilly and Company. Answers that matter. You're
0: listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Advances in Women's Health. Sponsored in part by Eli Lilly. Your host is Dr. Lisa Mazzullo assistant professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Northwestern University Medical School, the Feinberg School of Medicine.
1: As physicians, we're trained to treat the ill. So what do you tell your patient who's weighing the decision of a mastectomy or treatment at 33 while she is still cancer free? Welcome to Advances in Women's Health. Joining me is Joanna Rudnick, director and producer of In the Family, a Cardiquin film production which discusses her battle and other patients' journeys in the decision-making and ramifications of genetic testing for breast and ovarian cancer. Joanna, welcome. Thank you. This is such a wonderful project. What really led you to decide to make this film?
2: I decided to make the film because when I tested positive for this at the age of 27 for the BRCA mutation there was really no language to talk about this to my friends at the time and to other people in my life who hadn't heard about this. And there was a real stigma. I felt, personally, I felt there was a stigma associated with being positive for this genetic mutation and being at such a different place than my peers talking about potential removal of my breasts and ovaries as such a young woman that I felt that I really needed to come out with my own story on film to make other women who were suffering with the same very difficult but life-saving information to help them, you know, to normalize being positive for this mutation and to give them a language to talk about it.
1: You know, you bring up such an excellent point. I think that this genetic education for both physicians and patients has been such a revolution in the last decade. And being able to identify patients at risk for something that they don't have yet is really opening up an entirely different medical kind of style, if you will, and really incorporating team efforts among physicians and patients. And, you know, I think that this is just such a great challenge on so many levels. What do you think were some of the greatest dilemmas that you faced in your diagnosis?
2: Yeah. And I think that, you know, I'm still facing them. This is six years ago and I'm still facing these same dilemmas. I think one of the things was just how to Understand and take in the risk without feeling like a term that you've heard often, probably a ticking time bomb to know that my risks were so high of developing both diseases, but to learn how to live despite having this information and to view it as not necessarily doomsday, but as life saving information. As I could take control of my own health, I could avoid getting the ovarian cancer that my mother got at the age of 43, that I did have, you know, these physicians looking out after me and that this was in fact, life-saving. So I think that was the real dilemma is how to actually take in this information and also how to define yourself and to live despite the risk and to live in those sort of what I consider to me to be these pre-surgery years where I have not yet decided to have these prophylactic surgeries that could actually prevent cancer. So I'm in a place right now of just trying to watch myself very carefully and to try to detect any potential cancers early. And I think that's really sort of the dilemma is how do you go on with your life and how do you live once you know that you have this extreme risk of developing cancer and potentially developing it at a young age?
1: You know, I think actually we should even take this a step back and say, how do you decide to even get tested? I think as a 27-year-old with a mother who's premenopausally suffering from breast cancer, you're the perfect candidate for this type of test. But let's say you were 18 when you found that out. And what would you do with that information? You know, the challenge begins really with how do you decide if you get the test at all?
2: Sure. And I think, you know, just stepping back with what happened with my family. So actually, my mother had ovarian cancer 20 years ago. I was 13 when she was diagnosed. So my mother was 20 years out of ovarian cancer, and nobody in my family at that time was suffering from cancer. And when I say at that time, at the time that my family decided to test, my sister is a mammographer and was very aware of the BRCA mutation and also early detection for ovarian cancer and was enrolled in the study at Northwestern, the early ovarian detection program. And when they mentioned that we might be candidates for genetic testing, we were all very surprised. We did not see a typical pattern in my family. That was until we actually sat down and started doing our our pedigree or family tree with a genetic counselor. And what we realized was there was a lot more breast and ovarian cancer in other generations than we had thought, but no one had actually talked about it.
1: Mm -hmm. Or put it all together for you.
2: Yeah, we had to sit around at Thanksgiving and talk about how much breast and ovarian cancer were in the family. It was something that we didn't want to talk about. We wanted to put my mother's cancer behind us and move on. So when this all came back into our lives, you know, so long after my mother's original diagnosis, it was a bit of a shock for all of us. And it was certainly a shock when my mother tested positive.
1: Well, you know, I think there are a couple of things that are obviously very important. I think the dilemma of making the decision to get tested is true, because then you are faced with all of these choices, which are really none of them are excellent choices. They're all things about, you know, surgical interventions and medications that have side effects. And, you know, I think that none of these decisions are easy for people. Do you think that there was anywhere in your journey that something was particularly helpful in helping you make the decision to get testing or what to think about in the future to do with
2: it? Absolutely. And sort of just stepping back a little bit to the decision to test. At the time when I, after my mother had tested positive, my older sister tested negative and it was my turn to test. To be honest, I really did not understand the gravity of testing positive at that time. I didn't really understand that I was going to be faced with choices of whether or not to have Surgery to remove my breast and ovaries to avoid cancer. And I don't think I realized how high my risk would be if I tested positive. So even though I had seen a genetic counselor before I got my blood drawn, I think it just didn't soak in for such a young woman what this would mean to my life. And that was really one of the reasons also that I wanted to make the film because I felt that women should have as much information as possible going into the decision to test.
1: If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Advances in Women's Health on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lisa Mazzullo, and Joanna Rudnick and I are discussing her experience, learning that she carried the BRCA gene, and her experience as it's gone into the research of her film In the Family. Joanna, we were just talking about your decision making and getting testing and being somewhat unprepared for the ramifications of decision making after being BRCA positive. You said you met with a genetic counselor. Had you gone to any other physicians for counseling in addition to that?
2: I had not. I had one meeting with a genetic counselor. I was living in New York at the time, and I drew my blood for the test on the same day that I had met with a genetic counselor. And then I came back a month later to get my test results. So I had two meetings with a genetic counselor before finding out that I carried the BRCA mutation.
1: You know, I think as a physician, I talk about this issue with patients at risk all the time, but personally don't do the genetic testing. And so I think for a lot of women now, especially as awareness has gotten greater, is that they meet with a physician, have a discussion about the risks and hopefully the ramifications that you missed initially, and then meet a genetic counselor and go over the details of numbers. So I think that's actually changed and is improving
2: Absolutely. I agree with you. And I think you you also said, you know, what have I learned along the way? And along the way of making this film, which has been an incredible gift in the sense it has been a catharsis in dealing with testing positive, I have... Connected with a whole community of women through Facing Our Risk of Cancer Empowered, which is an online support group for women who carry the mutation. And I've learned about what my options are. And women have shared the reconstructions and surgeries that they've had. And I've really been educated, I would say, not only by my physicians who are extremely knowledgeable and I'm grateful for them, but also by the community of women who are dealing with this really unique Set of issues, and it's unique in the sense that we're not part, for those of us who are what we call previvors, in the sense that we know that we have this extreme risk of developing breast and ovarian cancer, yet we have never had cancer and are still faced with some of the issues, like possibly removing breast and ovaries that someone who might have a disease would be faced with. We're in a really unique community, and I think women have really reached out and helped each other with these unique set of choices that we also can't talk to our mothers and grandmothers are about because they weren't in the same situation. This is really a generational change.
1: I think that's absolutely true. I think the pre pre-Viver first generation after diagnosis has really revolutionized medicine in a way that we've never seen before, planning to treat people for things they don't have yet. It's anticipatory medicine, which is brand new to everybody, I think. I find it interesting that you say it's difficult to talk to your more mature family members about it. When you did decide to get testing and have gone through some of the dilemmas of decision-making for treatment, have you then gone back and discussed it with them again?
2: I have, and everyone in my family has been just incredibly supportive of this. And, you know, my mother actually had said to me at some point, she's so thrilled that I have this information and that I can be watched. And I think that, in a sense, gives her you know, some, uh I don't know, helps her sleep at night that she knows that so many people are watching me. At the same time, she says, you know, I don't know that I would have wanted to know this. I mean, there was years for her that she was married and just having children and didn't have to think about removing her ovaries and having children quickly and, you know, that there was a potential disease in her future. And so she has actually, you know, sort of sympathized with the dilemma that I'm in and has always been supportive. No one has pushed me to make any decisions. They've really wanted me to be thoughtful about the decision-making process. And, you know, there are times being a 33-year-old woman who does not have children that there is a panic where you think, okay, I need to have some children and get my ovaries out by 40, and I really have this hanging over my head. And I think that, for me, has been the most difficult thing is the fertility and motherhood aspects of this and how do you actually not let that sort of propel your life further or put this incredible added pressure on you. And I think that's a new set of questions also for physicians and for genetic counselors is how do you counsel women to deal with that question and that inevitability that comes with knowing you're positive when you don't have children.
1: Special thanks to our guest Joanna Rudnick, director and producer of In the Family, a film that chronicles her and many patients' journeys in their testing positive for BRCA and the decisions that these patients must make with their doctors. You've been listening to Advances in Women's Health on ReachMD XM 157. For questions, comments, complete program information, and on-demand podcasts, please visit us at ReachMD.com.
0: Thank you for listening to Advances in Women's Health, sponsored in part by Eli Lilly, with your host, Dr. Lisa Mazzullo. For more details on the interviews and conversations in this week's show, or to download the segment, please go to ReachMD.com forward slash women's health.